done. Welcome to episode 127 of Ready Press Play, recorded June 15, 2022. We're your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of video games. Today we'll be talking about the Xbox Showcase, the Capcom Showcase, May's NPD results, and more. Stay tuned! What's up, players? This is your host, Dan Lima, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Louis Menchaca. You know, Dan, I think I'm at this point in my life where Uh-oh. I'm just going to have to accept. <laughs> wow. I just had an alarm go off while we were starting the I show. Know. I think that's, that's a first. <laughs> what's an alarm? Why did you set an alarm for this at this moment? What was uh, it to remind you of? It's, uh, you know what's funny? I, I, I actually don't want to get <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't want to get into it. Uh, okay, so I'll, t- I'll tell you what it is, actually. is that uh, it was an alarm to stop working before I, uh, <laughs> before uh, we uh, kind of rescheduled things around and decided yeah. that we we're going to start at this time. But uh, yeah, yeah, so I guess I, I just stopped working right now. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Perfect timing. But no, I was going to say, you know, Dan, I think I'm at this point in my life where I've just got to accept that I'm just going to be busy now. And I yeah. have to start using a calendar. So, yeah. like, I have been the type of person going up, like, going, like, even it's my adulthood, like, I never used a calendar, I never had a scheduler, I never did anything, I was always kind of like, everything's always penciled in, you know, it's like, I can just do anything whenever I want to do it, you know, it's like, plans can happen sporadically and stuff like that, uh-huh. I can just sort of, the day, like, a Saturday night, like, Saturday morning, I have no idea what I'm doing on Saturday night, but Saturday night, it just all kind of figures itself out, and I, I'm, you know, You know, let me, let me ask stuff. you something, do you pay attention at all like are you aware of the fact that i often schedule these recordings in a calendar and i invite you to it and stuff yes okay i do i am very well aware of it and i've never been a person to use a calendar like my friend you gotta you gotta he's got he uses google calendar and so when it comes to social engagements you gotta tell him a month in advance you gotta plan (laughs) it and you gotta like he's gotta put in his calendars or reminders like okay don't i'm booked so like i've never been that type of person but now as I'm slowly like going into this new job and and now uh, I got some other things going on like uh, that I can't talk about uh, publicly yet that, mm-hmm. that are going on in the background. Uh, so now all of a sudden I just realized I'm busy. Right. And now my life is no longer the same where it's like when I my last job, I had three days off in a row. Right. I had Sundays, Mondays and Tuesdays off and it was just fuck off. You mm-hmm. know? Now I can't, that, that time doesn't exist anymore for me and it kind of sucks, but I don't know. Like, I'm just kind of like accepting that it's just like, you know, this is my new life, but it's cool though. You know, it's kind of interesting because I have a uh, strong relationship with calendars and scheduling and spreadsheets and stuff like that. And I've had my entire life, actually, even when I was a kid, I would like spreadsheet. I would like go on like Microsoft (laughs) Excel and I would spreadsheet the shows that I wanted to watch from Cartoon Network or whatever. That's like, (laughs) that's how weird of a, uh, of a child I was. And oh my God, who does that? You know what's funny? I actually, I get, uh, I get a kick out of making like writing calendars and writing schedules and spreadsheets and stuff like that. Like it's literally enjoyable to me. Like it relaxes me for some reason. Um, but I'm not the best at, following through with it and that's kind of the hardest (laughs) part actually it's like uh anybody can go and like throw things on a calendar or make a schedule about how they're going to do everything they want to do in their day uh but it's much harder to like stick through it you know like to to be tired and yet go do that thing at that time because you 
decided that he were going to, you know? Um, yeah. Especially since life is not quite that way. You know, like, sometimes you schedule... It's That's why we are all prone to procrastinate, procrastinate, because you schedule to do something at a certain time. But when you get there, it's like, well, do I actually need to do this now? You know, like, I could probably do this tomorrow Push or some other off, day or whatever, yeah. brush it off. Uh, and it's, you know, it's a challenge. Time management has always been a thing that, you know... Honestly, it's been a thing that I've gotten more and more passionate about as time has gone on. And the truth is whenever it's always like a struggle but whenever you are able to bring yourself to be more organized with those things to schedule things ahead of time to keep track of a calendar like it does make things easier in life uh and it also makes it less likely that you're gonna make certain mistakes because you don't want to you know plan to do something and then realize that you got to cancel because you don't actually have time for it or you basically yeah yeah. I've double booked myself a couple of times, but I, that's very rare though. But generally speaking, like I've always, I've always had such a low bandwidth, right? That I did, I memorized everything. Like I knew what was happening as far as calendar wise. Like I, uh, uh, like for instance, like the TV schedule, like as a child, I memorized what's on Monday, what's on Tuesday, what's prime time. You know, like I memorized and I, I didn't write it down. I just knew it. I just intuitively knew it. Like, like, uh, uh, like I like, okay i'm gonna just out myself i have guilty pleasure monday nights were like seventh heaven you know like that kind of shit mm-hmm. you know? it's like that kind of stuff i was like oh i knew i knew it's time you know yeah uh so that being said like i, I just gotta say like it's it's you know i i might i wanted to give you like another seg- segue here segues on segues no you're good yeah. um i have a, I'm, I'm now a boss of somebody at my job and they are freshly out of high school uh like mm-hmm. a year removed from high school and we have to use Microsoft Excel, uh, like on the daily. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just truly appalled at the, 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 the education system for not teaching them how to use Microsoft Excel. Mm. And I'm like, I had to teach them the very basics of like, you know, how to use it, navigating, how to enter a cell. It's such a, it's such <laughs> so, a powerful tool, yeah. honestly. Like there's so much you can do with it, especially when you get into like specific codes that you can do. Like if you, you can basically like program a game in like microsoft excel if you wanted to <laughs> not like there was ever be any reason to do that uh but aside from that you know like the formulas and stuff like that it's really cool you can do a lot with the macros yeah the macros yeah. exactly like i i am not an excel expert um and but but i enjoy like digging in a little bit and trying to use like i've been using it to uh, track my video game collecting habits and you know just gen- <laughs> I am- other things you know I am not a micro. I'm not an Excel expert either, but somehow, some way, I'm always the micro, the Excel expert because by default, right? You know, like no one else. Knows yeah, because a lot of a lot of people just don't know how to use it. Um, you know, maybe an influence. You know, we're we're going keep going on tangents, so that's fine. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe part of it is uh, my mom actually and my dad, but my mom especially uh, worked a good portion of her life with Excel. Uh, in fact, my mom always tells stories about how. Uh, she would do spreadsheets before Excel existed, and she would do them by hand, like in a, oh. like on paper and stuff. Uh, and that you know, it was like so, it was this like amazing thing once you know they discovered Microsoft Excel because it's like, <laughs> oh, this makes life so much easier and stuff. So maybe, maybe I kind of got it through her in that uh, in that way. Um, nice. So anyway, talking about Microsoft. Uh, remember, we meet every Friday morning to discuss the top news of the week, notable releases on all platforms while we're playing big topics of the industry and the games we love. And we're about to get started with their topics of discussion, especially Microsoft's Xbox and Bethesda Games Showcase. Hey, listen! 
And in case you guys didn't know, this podcast is brought to you by Microsoft. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We're basically uh, basically sponsored by Microsoft, except not really. Uh, I wish, I guess. <laughs> uh, okay, Louis. So last week um, we had, I think it was uh, last week by now, right? It was like on June 9th on Sunday. So theoretically this week still. Uh, we saw the Xbox and Bethesda showcase. A few days later, they did an extended showcase with some extra stuff. Uh, I'll bring some things in. Some of it isn't an extra news. Some other stuff I might mention it, but I, I watched it. But it's not, you know, it's not a deal breaker. It's not super relevant. Uh, but let's talk about the main show itself. You know, I uh, I watched it live. Um, it was it was pretty much the only show that I was able to watch live since it was on Sunday. And mm-hmm. I, at the end of it, I uh, I I texted you like. Oh, okay. I think uh, I think Xbox uh, won E3. That was that was legitimately my opinion. It still is, actually. Uh, but I don't think that's necessarily an opinion a lot of people have shared. And um, so I want to see where you stand on it. <laughs> I thought it was all right. I thought mm-hmm. it was just like the most uh, all right showcase. It's probably the worst part is, is I think it's the best showcase of all of these E3 things going on. The non E3 E3. Yeah. It's the best just by default. So it, it's like a hollow victory. It's like, yeah, right. you won, you won E three, but did you? But is it a real victory kind of thing? So I, I think they did. A, they did. They followed a lot of the ground rules for making a good showcase. They stuck to gameplay. Like mm-hmm. they did it better than Summer Game Fest because there's like no like on stage interviews. It's like, oh yeah, we're like, thank you for having me. Like that stuff. They just cut that out. They went straight to gameplay. They focused on gameplay for the most part. Uh, they focused on stuff that's in the next 12 months, and the only exception was the Kojima thing, which wasn't even an announcement. It was like yeah. an announcement of an announcement kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it, so, yeah, I think it, it was good. It was overall, like, just, like, solid. Yeah. It's, like, it, it's, uh, go ahead. Six. I was going to say six. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, it's kind of interesting how the pendulum swing uh, swung with uh, Microsoft, by the way, because last year... They had a showcase that people overwhelmingly liked, but the main complaint or the main criticism was like it was mostly CGI uh, teaser trailers for things that were far out. Um, And then this year they're like, hey, like we're focusing on the stuff on the next 12 months. And then they actually showed gameplay for pretty much everything. Uh, and mm-hmm. then now people are asking like, oh, where, where is this? Where is that? Where is this? Where is that? Which, There's no get hype moments. That's why. Yeah, which is, <laughs> which is just like these are the things that are more than 12 months out. Now... I, I think we can even start there and I'm not gonna read any article for this. I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw in some articles on the uh on the show notes, but I I have my own kind of roundup here and, and first I wanna talk overall and then we're gonna get into the nitty gritty. I think we're gonna be on this topic for a bit. Um I for the I, I the first thing I'm I'm wondering actually is like with the with the twelve month window, right? It's kinda interesting how they were very specific about that and they kept thinking about that. Now, do you actually believe, Lewis, that all those games are coming out in the next 12 months? Because uh, we actually got to see uh, a decent amount of games and a lot of them with a 2023 release date. Uh, and if you think about, you know, next 12 months, 2023, that means first half of 2023, right? And is no, it... I'm thinking spring 2023 is stacked. Yeah, like, is it believable <laughs> that, and I'm going to start listing them out, Flintlock, Forza Motorsport, Redfall... Uh, Hollow Knight, Silk Song, uh, Ara History Untold, Arc Two, Minecraft Legends, Diablo Four, uh, Starfield, like, and some of these other smaller projects in there. Like, all of those are coming out in the first half of 2023. That sounds like the best first half of a year in games <laughs> ever, right? Yeah, uh, Nintendo doesn't even have that kind of uh, pipeline. Like, 
And uh, with half of half of that t title is just uh, throughput. Like a one game per month, one first party game per month is like, yeah. Uh, what is it? It's like it's like a lot, like a freaking uh, bullet train for, yeah. for Nintendo. Just doing that twice over, hell no. So my point is like I don't believe it. <laughs> That's all, you know, yeah. like like in 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 theory, kind of makes sense. Like okay, well, the 2022 games got delayed, you know, like a lot of them. So like everything is now like you know it's gonna happen in 2023. But we've seen this happen before, and things end up just getting delayed again, you know. And so I actually think some of that stuff will come out on the first half. Some of that stuff will get pushed to fall, you know. Um, just just looking at those uh those four games here, right? Forza, Redfall, Diablo, and Starfield. It feels like a waste to have all those four games come out in the first, in the same six months, period, right? Like, you would think that you would want to space those out, like, per quarter or something, you yeah. know? So, that's my question, is do you think Microsoft is going to adhere to, like, spacing things out? Or are they going to want to pretend like like the Activision and the Bethesda divisions are going to be in competition with each other, like, on purpose, where it's like... Yeah, we're a part of the same team, but you guys are all fighting with each other kind of mm -hmm. stuff, right? You know what I mean? Like, can we pretend like these are like non, like non-competing companies? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I guess the I, question I is, and I, I kind of wonder this about every company, by the way, because I don't really have the kind of visibility into the industry at like that top level. Uh, does any company other than Nintendo, perhaps, because we do know Nintendo does this, uh, actually intentionally uh, space space out? games out? Or is it more common that games just come out when they're ready, right? So, like, in, in th let's... Yeah, like EA, they did, they put out Titanfall 2 and uh, Battlefield something. Yeah. One week of apart I think from it was like other. Battlefield 5 or something. Or, yeah. And they're one week apart from each other, and they target the same audience. So one of them had to fail. And then on top of that, they were competing with Call of Duty. So they were three weeks back-to-back-to-back first-person shooters. Yeah. So, right? so like, if Redfall and Starfield are shaping up to get ready around the same, like, at the same week, like, would they just come out in the same week? <laughs> or would they go, like, hey, let's hold out, hold out on uh, Starfield a little bit longer or whatever, you know? Um, I don't know. We, uh, we, we shall see how that goes, which, you know, if we did a drinking game for Ready Press Play, the, the phrase that I say a lot is like, we'll, we'll see, or we'll, see. <laughs> we'll have like, to see. Like, for instance, like, uh, for, with the movie industry, like movies will deliberately stay out of each other's way. Like, oh, Paramount claimed that weekend. So we'll have to, you know, move our movie, uh, to this weekend kind of stuff like for the summer movie season mm -hmm. generally speaking there tends to be one maybe two but generally speaking one headliner per weekend yeah uh because hollywood deliberately is like okay fox got that weekend warner brothers got that weekend and disney's got that week so it's like they that's how they they basically like they stake their claim right mm -hmm. uh they put their flag down on this day it's mar like we, we claim it it's ours the video game industry, I don't know if they're known for doing that, where it's like, oh, shit, you know, Activision's got Call of Duty that weekend. We got to let's not compete with them. Let's, let's space ourselves out. Like, do other companies, you know, seed to each other? I don't think so. I, I've heard I, I, I've heard stories from people in the media and stuff about how when certain games come out, like certain big hitters, AAA games come out, that there are other smaller fish that tries to get out of the way, you know? Uh, but then there are certain companies that are bold enough to go and like, no, fuck it, we're going to compete with them. Or we're going to beat them, right? Um, it, I mean, you are competing for people's money. Uh, you are competing for people's time. Um, and I, I, I personally prefer it when things are more spaced out and there's kind of like, you know, there's there's like a cool game every week for us to uh, comment on on uh, uh, Ready Press Play and stuff. But I, 
I think that culture, I think, I think our culture as a whole is kind of moving away from that kind of stuff because we're, we're moving into an era of small pockets of like small pockets of fan bases more so than like a big mainstream, like here's the lineup. Right. Um, and that's a whole like another conversation that we could get into, but it's like, um, the people that care, the people that care about Overwatch, right, care about Overwatch, and they're gonna play Overwatch too when that comes out, regardless of when it is. That's what I was trying to say. Um, and the gamer that actually might go from Overwatch to something else is perhaps a more, um, what what would you call it, like a like a more agnostic kind of gamer that perhaps the companies are not targeting anyway, right? Um, so I don't know. Uh, I think that that part of the conversation, like I, I, I don't have it fully fleshed out in my head. Um, but I, I think that, uh, I think that the industry is changing and I think that the world is changing a lot in a lot of ways too. Uh, well, let's talk about games, right? Um, all right. So I, I, uh, I split my list here into, you know, like new game trailers, uh, special partnerships that they, uh, they announced and then updates slash dlc to uh to existing games and i've bolded some of the things that were uh standouts to me uh i think was world premiere (laughs) yeah uh i want to start like what i actually want to start with um and i'm not going to go in order hope it doesn't upset you (laughs) uh is that we saw overwatch 2 and diablo 4 and that kind of surprised me because we've been talking about both of those games for a while but both of those games kind of came across as games that were way off, like, you know, almost like vaporware to an extent. Like, we keep hearing about them. They've been announced for a long time. But are we ever actually going to see those games? Uh, they've been delayed multiple times. Now that Microsoft is buying Activision Blizzard, I anticipated them to be delayed even further. Uh, and both of them were here. And we actually saw gameplay, like substantial gameplay to an extent. Uh, I would argue we got a blowout for, for both of those games. That might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but we we now know what these games are, and we know that and what Over- they look like and what they look yeah. like, and we know that Overwatch Two is going to be free to play and is going to come out this fall on October fourth. I believe it's like the beta or whatever it starts. Um, so it's a lot closer than I would have anticipated at this point. Uh, so what do you think about uh, both of those games? Uh, uh, looks like more of the same. It looks like <laughs> yeah, more Overwatch Two looks like you know a more cell shaded version of Overwatch One. And Diablo 4 just looks like an HD re- version of, like, Diablo 2. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I, I, they're, they're not my cup of tea. Like, I played, I played Overwatch 1. Uh, it was, like, okay for, like, a, for a weekend. And uh, going free-to-play just seems like uh, a nice, like, you know, shrewd business move. You know, you, uh, um, I, feel like, I feel like Overwatch 2, like, I don't know what, you know, reading the tea leaves, it seems like there's no hype behind that game. Like, it just feels like it's, like... I don't know. It's like, it's kind of like Avatar 2 kind of thing. It's like, there's no hype behind it kind of stuff until actually recently with the trailer. But still, like, mm-hmm. before that trailer came out, it's like, oh, you know, it's been a long time. You know, it's kind of like dead culturally. That's kind of where I feel like about Overwatch 2. But that free-to-play thing, it's going to bring people more to the door. And I think you sort of have to be free-to-play for, like, yeah. you know, what they're going to be doing with their with their business model, with, like, season passes and stuff like that. You wouldn't want to put that on a, on a $60 game. It's not going to yeah. fly these days. Fortnite didn't doesn't. Fortnite sort of just put that out there. Yeah, I, so, I would argue that you can't yeah. compete in the same level with, you know, Destiny and Fortnite and Warzone and all these other games uh, if oh, you're yeah, not free to free. play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's almost inevitable. It's part of why something like Fall Guys is going free to play now as well. And yeah, 
I, uh, it, it's funny because I have a friend that I, that I think about in regards to these things because he always spends money in these games and they get so mad when they go free to play <laughs> because it's like, <laughs> I invested Bottom. in this, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's an interesting, like, I wonder how many people actually do feel that way ultimately. Um, he always feels like, you know, when companies make games that were previously paid free to play that they owe something to the players that were there from the beginning and that, you know, they should be given <laughs> rewards or whatever, um, which... Yeah. He was particularly upset that they didn't do with Destiny 2. Um, but uh, nonetheless, it's just one of those things where I find it inevitable. I think that like any, uh, you know, multiplayer competitive game uh, that aims to... requires That requires a large fan base, a large player base. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and you end up with... Uh, if, if it's not free to play, then you end up... Like the first Overwatch did, which is like it had a good launch, it had its fans, and it had some good marketing and stuff and some hype behind it. Uh, but it just kind of started petering off uh, after a year or so when other games started either like, you know, copying it and they were free to play or like other games just kind of doing different things. But also in the multiplayer space, and they were free to play. Uh, suddenly, you know, it's less it's like harder to convince your friend yeah. to go and download and play this game with you when they got to pay $60 or even if it's discounted, like $40, $30 or whatever, as opposed to like, hey, just go and download Fortnite and we can play together, right? Yeah. Um, you don't want to be you don't want to be in the Cliffy B situations with lawbreakers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Or something like that. Uh, so I think that makes total sense. Uh, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know if this game is going to be able to compete or not. I think it has a lot of potential. Um, I think that, uh, this game like shows really well when, when, whenever they do a uh, cool like trailers for new characters and stuff like that. Uh, so if I do appreciate, I do appreciate that they are leaning on Tracer cause I think she was the, the standout character. Mm -hmm. Like she's kind of like the Mario to their franchise. It's like, oh yeah, brand recognition, you know? They also had a thing. Uh, I, I remember at one point when they announced this game, they had talked about how they were going to have cross play between like Overwatch 2 and Overwatch 1 or something of the sort. Uh, which I wonder if that's still a thing because that wouldn't make any sense with this game being free to play. Um, so mm. that's another thing that I'm thinking about too. But and to uh, to piggy uh, to to jump off from there, uh, I will say uh, Diablo 4 with a bait and switch. Okay, that was a good trailer. First off, that trailer <laughs> looked. It was just a, it was the announcement for a new a new um, category like a new class, uh, the necromancer, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing is. You didn't. They didn't open the trailer with saying that this is a Diablo game. Right? Yeah, it's like it's a CGI trailer, and it looked like a cool ass like necromancer like game. Oh, it was you know? dope. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, dude, I like this game. It looks interesting. And I was like, and then it's like Diablo. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. I was I was uh, mind blown by that, and th and that's the thing. It's like this conference to me had a few oh shit moments. Like it may have not had like you know like this big awesome new game announcement that people didn't know about. But I feel like that was like an interesting oh shit moment. Like, oh shit, they actually, they're showing Diablo 4. Like, who saw that coming? Like, at least I didn't. Uh, and then later on in the show with Kojima, right? Like when Kojima shows up on screen, I know there's been some rumors and stuff like that. But to me, it still feel, felt very nebulous and, and one of those things that wasn't quite confirmed. So when I saw, you know, they kind of hint at it. They're like, hey, like, you know, legendary game creator is going to collaborate with us. <laughs> and then your mind immediately goes to, you know, like, is it Kojima? Uh, and then it was, and I was like, holy shit. Um, what do you think about that, by the way? that they're... So Kojima is working with Microsoft on an Xbox uh, supposedly exclusive game. He already clarified that he's still working with Sony as well. So it's not like, you know, um, it, it's not like they poached him or something. But still, that's I think that's going to be... Possibly two teams kind of situation, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, 
I, I just think it, what it reads to me is like Microsoft just cut him a fat check. Uh, and he's like, sure, you know, like, yeah, who doesn't want to turn down money? So, um, you know, with with Kojima's personality, he likes to do the most ambitious things. And I think with the biggest check that Microsoft can cut, I mean, he can pretty much he has free reign to do something like mind bendy and stuff like that or something that's so not like say esoteric, but so, um, you know, not innovative. That's not the word. Um, just out there. You yeah. Know, just do something that's just out there in left field. And you know what? It's like uh, he's like one of those auteurs, you know, like we yeah. just like make some 3D sculpture, we throw some paint on it, like just have to throw a paint can and just like splash it. And then there you go. He yeah. just shows it off to the world and sells for a million dollars. Like that's sort of sort of where my headspace is at. You know what's interesting? We covered a few weeks ago about how Norman Reedus kind of let it slip that he was working on something with Kojima. Um, so I wonder if Kojima could have two projects going on where, uh, he's doing Death Stranding Part 2 or whatever with Sony, uh, and that's going to come out, you know, next year, the year after or something. Uh, and then, and, and that's kind of like the, in quotes, like the safe. Paying the bills. Yeah, like, uh. yeah, like the, 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 paying the bills, like the safe play, like, I know that Death Stranding was not, you know, a huge commercial hit, but it seemed to do... And well enough and 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 people like to make fun about like or, or talk about how different and weird death training is and, and it is but it's also ultimately you know a sony style third person action adventure game right like the stealth mechanics and other things uh so it would make sense that you know they could be potentially making a sequel to that over there there's been some rumors and about that as well and then maybe with microsoft is going to be something completely unique and different and some weird new ip like AKA, like, I wonder if that's really, like, where Kojima is going to go deep into his uh, weird creative ambitions and do um, do something really out there. In fact, I heard about how this project is supposed to be using, like, the Microsoft Cloud technology that they often talk about, that, like, Crackdown was supposed to, <laughs> like, Crackdown is supposed to use. And <laughs> the ultimately... power of the cloud. Yeah, exactly, that stuff. So I wonder what that means as well. So like we should, they should make he should make a a, a game called um, like Life Together. There you go. That, that's like <laughs> Death Stranding. The yes. Opposite. Yes. <laughs> um, um, yes. Now the conference opened with Redfall, which we'd seen, um, I believe, a CGI trailer for last uh, last year's showcase. This time we actually got to see gameplay. Uh, and you, as a new appreciator of arcane games, as being the person that played through and beat and review death loop for our friends at level one gaming.com um yeah, thank you i i would assume that uh i would assume that this might have uh spoken to you to an extent perhaps more so than it did to me um why did you think did, you, did it get you excited not really <laughs> i mean <laughs> i don't I, it just seems like another one of those generic ass games um so i mean as far as like the first person shooter mechanics and stuff like that i'm a, i'm very much um you know all for that it's cool I don't know. It just seems. It just seems like I've seen this game before. You know what's I, interesting? Just, yeah. I I feel like this game. See, it seems like it lacks a hook. Like Deathloop had, you know, the traditional hook, arcane yeah. mechanics of you know first person, uh, like the same kind of like style of like combat and pacing and like the sort of simulation. Uh, like Pete Hines has talked about how like arcane is all about the mechanics and like giving the player the tools to like solve problems however they want to solve them. But Deathloop kind of had that hook of the time loop, right? Like, like having to go and kill these targets within the time loop and yada, yada, yada. Yes. How do you operate within that? 
and I'm not quite sure what the hook here is. Uh, they talked about how it's like a four-player, multiplayer game, but you can also play or it all by yourself. Yeah. Um, but you know, what is the what is the thing? What is like what is the unique, cool mechanic yeah. that this game is bringing to the table? It just seems like an arcadey version. So far, it just seems like an arcadey version of a game that we got like over ten years ago. What was the uh, fuck? Not Le- was it, uh, not Back for Blood, but Left for Dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just seems like Left for Dead, and like it doesn't seem very like like Left Left for Dead built in the Dishonored it's like style of gameplay, go. right, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't have. I'm not necessarily excited for it. Like the CGI trailer gave made me wonder. You know, it, it looked mm-hmm. cool, right? But now seeing this gameplay, it just seemed uh, paint by numbers, in my opinion. That's not to say that. The verdict, I'm like, you know, the ver- that's it. That's the verdict right now, right? right. I'm like, I'm, of course, I'm gonna, if I do review it, you know. You probably will. <laughs> I was just thinking shape. about that. You most yeah. likely will be reviewing this game. Yeah. If I review it and I'm like blown away, I'll give you guys, I'll tell you guys, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll wax poetic for it on during my written review. Right. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm very good at that. <laughs> but for now, <laughs> just right now, like on a, from a pure, like, am I going to run out and, and, you know, get, granted, all these games are on Game Pass, but on the previous, on the, on the old model, of buying games am i gonna run out and pay 70 dollars for this game no i wouldn't at mm-hmm. least not yet now would you pay 70 dollars perhaps for high on life which is a new first person shooter developed by uh the creators of rick and morty uh that seems to incorporate <laughs> a lot of like comical uh elements and these like talking guns and all this crazy and, alien and it's humor got Morty's and stuff voice. Yes. He's got Morty's voice. I was like, oh, come on. And it's coming out uh, soon, actually, on October 25th. That actually seems like that will be the, like, you know, one of the big fall games for uh, Xbox that they were keeping under their sleeve. Uh, I think now- it's going to be one of those cult classic kind of like sleeper hits kind of thing. Because I yeah. think this, guy might, this might take off and be like niche, you know, like, like it'll be one of those quiet successes and stuff like that for those that are in will know it. Because it just feels like it's so, uh, it's very meta. It's like, it's a meta commentary on first-person shooters. And plus, not to mention, you know, the the, 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 the comedic stylings that the Rick and Morty creators have. Are, is it, has, it speaks to a certain group of people. Yeah, so, yes. yeah, absolutely. I, I have not, I have still not watched a single episode of Rick and Morty, by the oh, way. So, uh, unfortunately, it's one of those things that didn't speak to me on that regard. But when I saw this, this seemed like the kind of thing where it's like, Oh, that seems like one of those games that's like, it's going to come out like, like, it, it doesn't feel like you said, like, it feels kind of like a sleeper hit or whatever in the in the conference. But I think this game is going to come out. And as long as there's not a lot else around it, which I don't think there will be, uh, I, I already see, you know, the, the streamers like playing it on Twitch and stuff like I think it's going to be like a big like streaming game. And then people are jumping in and getting into it, it will be on Game Pass. So, you know, everybody that has Game Pass can just go and and play it and i think that it's going to be this this fun little this fun little thing that people are going to get really into uh towards the end of the year uh, especially given that it's not going to have that much competition as far as we know uh right now for people's times and then you know it's going to come so, and go and you know I, I think it's another south park basically you know like south, yeah the stick of truth so let me ask you this dan mm-hmm. um let me let I, I just i think i felt like i brought up a good point are there any games in this conference that appeals to you on the old model of buying games? Because let's be real here. Mm. All of these games, we can just literally, you know, download it at no additional cost to us. It's not going to cost us anything to, to, to download Flintlock, right? You know, mm-hmm. right. So like, I'm like, there's some games that I would be like, okay, well, you know, since I got Game Pass, I'm definitely going to check it out. But 
my question to you is like if you got to pay like whatever the msrp is whether it be 30 dollars or 60 dollars or 70 dollars depending on the size of the game you know if it's indie or not or whatever the hell but is there any game on this list that on the old model of doing business you're like you you, you sold me you know we each have like a uh, different tastes in games right so like things that speak to other people are not necessarily going to speak to me uh, but I'll tell you the few ones that I might have bought, you know, if I were like if Game Pass did not exist and I was only buying games. Uh, it, and yet I have three. I would yeah, I would wait for uh, like I always wait for I'm not a big, you know, like like day one, like I'll go and buy game. Like I, I've, ne- I've never been that person. There's very few like series that I do that for. Uh, okay. But I would probably buy uh, Hollow Knight Silksong, okay. uh, which is the sequel to Hollow Knight, which I still have not played. Uh, but that seems like my type of game, so I would possibly buy that. I actually see myself buying Flintlock uh, because mm-hmm. I thought that had a pretty badass trailer, and it looked like the kind of game that uh, that I would be into. I actually yeah. I I wrote it down as like a female led God of War because <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of what it looked like to me. Uh, but obviously, you know, I'll wait for reviews. Uh, and then I would probably buy uh, Starfield. If that you know got good reviews and stuff, and and if it if if it was in fact the game of the year that it uh, that it seems like it's gonna be, uh, and then the fourth possibility here is just because it's a very Dan thing is the game Ara History Untold, which looks like a Civilization uh clone oh god basically right uh, yeah so, a, yeah I, everyone was like oh like including myself I was like oh that's Civ that's Civ that's yeah like, and then all of a sudden it's like oh. So that's okay. kind of those, those are kind of like the Dan games on this, but like most of the other stuff, probably not. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. So yeah, one of my three games were in fact, uh, in fact, uh, Flintlock, Hollow Knight, and then my third game, which is the one game that I would say like I would if I were to give pick like the game of the show where it's like this is the Lewis ass game that's like I'm like you know foaming at the mouth and I'm ready to play this game is actually like a little indie ass game. Like the game that got me the most excited for in this whole entire conference, including Starfield, is a little indie ass game called The Last Case of Benedict, Benedict Fox. Oh like, hmm. yeah. I, I, I kind of like forgot I kind of forgot that one. I want to pull it up here to uh to take a look. Uh can you remind us of what that game was? It looks like the creators of Insight, I want to say like in Limbo, like they they are making another side scroller ass game and it looks very head trippy. He's like a son going into his father's mind, and yeah, it looks really cool. It looks like it was a really good, good put put together trailer. You know, you got your CGI elements, but then you go into gameplay and you show it, and it looks. You're it, right. It looks well. It looks good. You're right. This is especially because this is probably one of those games that would come out for like twenty bucks or something, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see here. It's published by uh, Rogue Games. Uh, the last case of Benedict Fox immerses players in an atmospheric Gothic world filled with exploration, puzzles, platforming, and intense combat. The story takes place in 1925 Boston, where self-proclaimed detective Benedict Fox must uncover the fate of a family while traversing a dark, eerie world of emotions made manifest while battling the demon trapped inside his own body. You're right. This looks great, actually. The art style is really cool. Um, and it, the gameplay makes me think of Castlevania, uh, more so even than, uh, than Metroid. Um, yeah. and yeah, it's very stylized. You're right. That this is like, you know what this is? This is like, uh, this is the kind of game that Ready Press Play does a spoiler cast for. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, spoilers, I guess. Just, uh, yeah. yeah. You're just totally giving away the sauce. That's true. I should uh, probably yeah. talked about that on, uh, on the shenanigans actually part. Yeah. Of the, the we show, gotta, like, we don't beginning. do, uh. 
we start we start we started emphasizing shenanigans and stopped doing housekeeping kind of stuff but yeah you're right you're uh, this right. is definitely one of those kind of housekeeping stuff that we talk about at the beginning of the show but yes you don't know if you want to do it you can do it go ahead yeah but but you know what there, okay so let's let's do that right now then i'm, I'm a little okay. lost today you know i'm a little my, my brain is a little foggy i'm tired okay <laughs> I've had go, a for long week. go for it um Okay, so uh, Louis and I are going to go back to uh, doing spoiler casts. So let's just put that announcement out there. Uh, in fact, we're going to be recording our, uh, our first one back uh, soon. Uh, it's going to be for the game Trek Toyomi, and it's going to be hitting here next week. So yeah, housekeeping inserted in the middle of the show out of nowhere. <laughs> so look forward to that, and we're also going to be doing something weird with it, where basically the podcast is going to turn into a different podcast uh, for the spoiler go. cast, and then we're going to go back to business as usual. Uh, the week after, uh, we are probably going to drop it into a separate feed at some point. I don't think we're going to do that quite yet because I don't have it set up yet. Uh, but very much looking forward to going back to doing spoiler casts. We're going to aim to do one a month. Um, and, and that's the, the, the new Ready Press Play spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> spinoff for the year. Um, yeah. Admittedly, we probably should have put it in the dock, but whatever. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> I totally forgot about it. Uh, <laughs> right, anyways. So yeah, as far as uh, so, I guess that's gonna. We're also just gonna probably. You heard it here. Spoiler cast for the last case of Benedict Fox is gonna happen. <laughs> I would say it'd be like the fastest one, fa- about as fast as twelve minutes. Did we do even do a spoiler cast for 20, 12 minutes? I don't know. We or, had a, we I'm had a saying. discussion about this at some point because I was certain we had, and you told me we and then didn't. We did it. And, and then I went it, to yeah. look for it and I couldn't find it. And what it was was that like I think we had. Uh, impressions or whatever. In, uh, yeah, yeah, like an impression yeah. segment where we talked about it, but we talked about it like thoroughly. So I got the impression <laughs> that we did it. Um, yeah. Regardless, I mean, we got to hit on uh, some more points here. Um, I definitely want to give a few shout outs that I think that are sort of almost like flying under the radar a little bit. Uh, Xbox is partnering with Riot Games and they're going to be bringing, uh, obviously, Riot Games, all their games are free to play, uh, you know, Valorant, League of Legends, etc. Um, but if you have Game Pass, you're going to be able to get all of the champions uh, in these games, all the characters basically unlocked for free. Uh, and I think that's a big deal because those that actually costs a lot of money if you want to do it with real money. You can do it with in-game money, but then it costs, you know, tons, tons of hours of gameplay. I mean, I played League of Legends a lot for years and I did not have all the champions. Damn. Uh, I mean, the game is like, the game has over a hundred champions and you basically need to play like you, you're for, for a lot of the champions you would need to play uh many and many matches to get enough money to go and buy one champion right so it's like Jeez. uh and then that's not all there is to buy so sometimes you buy that sometimes you want to go and buy other things like other items and, and whatnot so uh unless you are able willing to put down the money odds are that you could play the game uh, forever and never really own all the champions. So the fact that you can just get it with Game Pass now, I think that's going to bring a lot of people in. Um, that being said, I think the counter argument to it is, you know, like um, if the the people that are really into league, you know, no, 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 no. I was going to say this. I was like, you can't. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to be an asshole and say you don't get to take credit. I don't give you this victory. I'm not going to. I'm not going <laughs> to. You don't get to. You do not get to take credit for solving the problem you created. <laughs> right? what, do, what so, do you mean <laughs> like okay those like how do i put this when you buy a game you're when you get a game you should be getting the full contents of the game and stuff like that you shouldn't paywall like stuff and lock gate gatekeep and stuff you know you should a game when mm. you get a league of legends the champion should be unlocked as a standard 
That's just not... Yeah. See, the thing is, like, that's not how League of Legends is set up, though. Because, like, here's my argument. League of Legends has such a steep learning curve that you need to play with one champion a lot to, like, really learn to play them. And, I mean, that's probably the case with other fighting games as well. But I think the idea with League of Legends is that usually uh, the players, you find... Like, usually when you play the game, you find, like, one character that you want to, you know, invest in, and then you try to get really good with them, and then you go and you move on to another one or whatever, and then you slowly build your ability with different characters that way over time. I feel like if League had their now, like, 130-plus champions unlocked for the beginning, from the beginning, I almost feel like that would be overwhelming to a new player. Like, holy shit, like, what do I do? Um, but, you know... I don't know. It could be good for the filthy casual that likes to just, like, you know, like... Lick one lollipop and then put it back and stuff like that. <laughs> get the flavor and get I, the taste and then get your moving on. Here's what I'm going to say, though. I wish they'd gone a step further with this and I wish they'd included skins. Now, I obviously, they wouldn't include all skins because that would be insane. You know, that's like thousands and thousands of dollars that would be left on the table. Uh, but I think they could include like a special like, hey, like you get all the champions and you get you know, these, like, select 20 skins or whatever. And I think that that would be really good way, a really good way to sweeten the, the pot uh, with some actual premium uh, content. Because the champions, theoretically, are not premium content because you can, it just takes a while, but you can buy them with the in-game money. So, um, now, all the Persona games, uh, Persona 3 Portable, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 5 Royal are coming to Game Pass uh, starting nice. on October 21st. Uh, I think that's a big Completely get. Completely sh- Completely shocked, by the way. I had yeah. no idea that that was even possible. Like, yeah. how much money did uh, Xbox and Microsoft <laughs> pay to to get the, to release them out of their PlayStation contract? Um, that you know. That being said, I just now noticed that every Persona you can't just have P three and P four and P five, right? You gotta you gotta throw something in extra. <laughs> you gotta put an extra letter. Whether it be like portable or golden or royal. Yeah. It seems like now it's like a it's like a thing now. Now I know. Now I know when Persona 6 ever does happen, don't buy it until it gets re-released with another layer. Yeah, Persona 6 Super. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. That's probably what it's going to be called there. So, yeah, um, uh, this would be interesting. At least, you know, now that I think about it, if I'm ever going to play Persona 5, you know, I have only vanilla Persona 5 on PS4. So now I'm going to play it on my Series X, and it's going to be the Royal version. So it's if I ever do, which it's on my to-do list, you know, so... Uh, it's good to know. It's good yeah. to know. And we're going to get to this on extra news, but these games are actually going to be coming out on other platforms as well. So they didn't get any kind of exclusive deal. Deal. They got a deal to get them on Xbox and get them on Game Pass specifically um, mm. as well. So um, they're also going to be coming out on like PC and uh, I think PS5. There's going to be some PS5 stuff too. Um, but we're going to get to that. I, I think that there's only one major thing that we have not talked about yet and that we would not be allowed legally to uh, move on without talk about it uh which is uh bethesda's starfield uh we got a deep dive for this it felt like we were uh, looking at it for like a good 20 minutes or something uh we got you know plenty of gameplay stuff it was the show closer uh todd howard came on stage and was talking about it and uh we got what was in my opinion one of the most like epic moments of the conference towards the very end where it's like, oh, you know, and you can go and uh, explore these planets and stuff. And here's the here's the solar system. And there's like a solar system of like five or six <laughs> planets. And it's like talking about yeah. like, you know, this planet is a little bit like this. And this planet is a little bit like that. Um, you can explore all the planets on the solar system. And also another uh, over a hundred <laughs> solar systems. And oh, there's over a thousand planets or like something insane. 
uh and and it just kind of zooms out and you see like you know like <laughs> yeah. this entire like universe of uh <laughs> off planets and shit uh and that was a that was like a mind-blowing like holy shit mo like like a no man's sky you know like initial no man's sky moment uh the question is will they deliver yeah i don't know i i genuinely am now i'm like skeptical because you know they already you know skyrim being the big ass map it was and stuff like that and now you're gonna make skyrim a thousand times over i don't know it it just seems like you gotta i don't know what kind of shortcuts if they did procedural generated or whatever but like let me tell you like no man's sky like it feels it feels like they're trying to eat no man's sky's lunch and i don't know (laughs) it's it's too ambitious it's too ambitious i think i'm nervous Yeah. yeah it is too ambitious uh, but the few companies out there that are often able to handle overly ambitious projects are basically Bethesda and Rockstar, right? And so if anybody could do it, if and it isn't Rockstar, it would probably be them. Uh, but I agree that the game feels overwhelmingly ambitious to the point where it's uh, it's hard to believe that it's uh, that it's true. Uh, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, though, and and say that you know maybe they'll maybe they'll wow us. Maybe Starfield will, in fact, be not just the game of the year next year, but the game of the decade or something. You know, <laughs> is it just me, or did the game kind of look a little choppy at times? Yes, it did. It did. And I okay. that's the other thing I wanted to get into. So um, I feel like the footage that we saw of this game, um, as much as like I thought, at twenty five frames is what yeah. As like. much as I thought was very exciting, and the gameplay looks cool, and all the stuff, and there's so much to it. Uh, it was not, you know, a uh, shippable it was not of shippable quality right right like it you can tell that they have quite a bit of work ahead of them um to actually bring this game to the quality bar that we would expect out of a game in 2023 in performance and visuals too uh in my opinion well do you agree Agreed. I, I mean, especially more so performance i think visuals you can sort of get i think you can let it slide with visuals at least right now Mm -hmm. um but that being said, I think that uh, if Starfield comes out in the next 12 months, it will be coming out on uh, June 9th, 2023, right? <laughs> so, like, my point is, like, I think I think the idea of it even being within those 12 months, I think it's, like, at the very edge of that. End of it, yeah. Um, and or I, it'll just get delayed to, like, 11-11-2023. Yes. Or maybe they'll come up with a different, you know, funny... Maybe it's like 11-23-23 or something. Oh, 10 23 or something like that. Something um, like that. But, yes. So I think that uh, I think that the footage we saw demonstrated that, one, this game is amazingly ambitious, and if it delivers on the promise, it's going to be one of the best games of all time. Two, it's not quite there yet, and they need time, right? So I'm glad they got their delay, and I hope that they can actually make this game what they want it to be. Do you uh do you suspect that even if it does ship on whatever June 9th whatever do you suspect it will it will falter or stumble out the gate like No Man's Sky and then it has to basically get like a 2.0 relaunch I'm going to say no and uh the reason why I would vote no on this uh or predict no is because I think they have enough uh, warning <laughs> or enough uh, case studies out there uh, of how not to do this uh, with No Man's Sky and also how they fixed it with No Man's Sky. Uh, I think they can look at their own launch, launch of Fallout 76 and learn, learn from that. Uh, I think they're working with a publisher in Microsoft 
that seems to be willing to give these projects as much time as they need, uh, even to a fault sometimes. Um, so I think that they will not stumble out the gate. I think that they have, I think they have everything they need to actually make sure this game uh, can come out and deliver on its uh, on its promise and not stumble out the gate. We'll see. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to give a shout out to, Louis, before we move on? The the leaks were right, so the, the data mine for our Forza Hot Wheels expansion was yes. correct. <laughs> <laughs> Which that looked fun, and also the new Forza game, Forza Motorsport. That was one of those games where it was like it was like so pretty to see, like the 4K trailer and everything, and like all the reflections and all that stuff. Uh, at the same time, I will not be playing it because <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's one of those like very simmy games um, where it really it, it's a game for the car lovers um, and not uh, necessarily for me. Uh, Plague Tale Requiem looks good. We already saw that a few times. Uh, I think we just need a date for it by now. Uh, there's some other smaller projects there that seem cool as well. We got reminded um, that the Vin Diesel game is still in the works. <laughs> yes, so. Arc Two. That's right. <laughs> Arc Two. Uh, I started seeing the dinosaurs and I was just like, is this where, is this the Vin Diesel game? Where is them? <laughs> and then I just saw something like, yep. Uh, there's a new Minecraft game in development, Minecraft Legends. Uh, that didn't really speak much to me, but it's, it's there. It's probably going to be big. Uh, Pentiment is another Obsidian game, uh, just like Grounded, which is going to get its full release this year. Uh, Team Ninja is making an Xbox game. So lots of stuff. I feel like it was like a pretty packed show, just like. It didn't have the things that people want that are farther away, right? So like this, this also, this show also like confirmed to us the games that are not that we're not going to see for a while. So we're not going to see Fable for a while. We're not going to see Perfect Dark for a while. We're not going to see Hellblade for a while. You know? Yeah, it's, it's crazy that Hellblade was the first game revealed for the Xbox Series X, and we're yeah. still like, what is it? We're gonna go on three years of the Xbox Series being in stores. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, it's crazy. And we've Anyways. seen gameplay for it, and it looked amazing, but, you know, I it, it, yeah. I guess it was, there's a difference between a vertical slice and a, and a full game. Fair enough. Um, all right. Uh, so, other than the Xbox showcase, uh, we also had a Capcom showcase. Uh, this one uh, obviously did not have as much product, uh, but I thought it had some uh, pretty cool stuff. So, I'm just going to read the headlines here from uh, from IGN. Uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake gets new gameplay trailer, appears to confirm a major new ad addition, uh, and the addition being uh, the ability for Leon Kennedy, the main character, to move while aiming his gun at the same time. Oh my god, modern gaming. Uh, Resident Evil Village Winter's Expansion includes Shadows of Rose Story DLC. Uh, so they're adding some new stuff to Resident Evil Village. They're adding third-person mode. Uh, as well as this uh, DLC that focuses on Rose, which is the baby in Resident Evil Village, uh, which this kind of spoils, <laughs> uh, you know, the existence of this DLC in this trailer kind of spoils the the game a little bit. But uh, I'm excited for that nonetheless. Uh, we got Resident Evil Mercenaries mode uh, coming back. It's going to add some new characters. Uh, there's also Resident Evil Reverse, uh, which I think is like their multiplayer thing. Uh, I will officially launch this October. All of this stuff is going to come together in like a Resident Evil Village Gold Edition. Uh, meanwhile, Resident Evil 2 Remake, 3 Remake, and Resident Evil 7 uh, are available on Next Gen right now for free. This was one of those cool, like, it's and it's out now, you know, E3 moments. Uh, <laughs> they got into some, monster, some, some of the Monster Hunters Rise Sunbreak uh, expansion, 
there's a demo out for that. We got to see Axel Primal again, uh, which that's the new, you know, dinosaur uh, game that Capcom is working on that we all assumed was a uh, Dino Crisis, but uh, it isn't. Uh, Street Fighter Six. Uh, they uh, while we didn't learn anything new about Street Fighter Six, it was revealed that we'll be getting more details of the next entry in the legendary fighting franchise before the end of the year. <laughs> uh, announcement for the announcement. Yep, I guess they're teasing that we're probably going to have like a Street Fighter Six dedicated direct or something. And, and and another announcement for an announcement. They talked about Dragon's Dogma turning ten years old, uh, and then uh, they they uh, they teased uh, that they were going to have another event to talk about Dragon's Dogma. Uh, so yeah, this was like a you know a decent um, solid showcase for one of those third parties. You know they can only have so much, and I actually thought this was decent enough for for Capcom. I mean they they should have given us a, a Street Fighter Six character at least. Uh, yeah. But aside from that, I was happy with all the Resident Evil stuff. Um, the, uh, I saw there was like a 21 minutes of gameplay per for Summer of Gaming for, from IGN. Mm-hmm. And they had like the worst, like, god-awful commentary that was happening during the <laughs> gameplay. But, you know, it's whatever. It's kind of, it was like pre-packaged. It's like, oh, what are you going to do this? And stuff like that. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. But uh, gameplay, like, okay, now that I, I've actually just watched these matches, right? And it's just, it's just uh, Luke versus Chun-Li. So it's, I don't know. Uh... It seems kind of basic, in my opinion, so far. It, it looks pretty faithful to Street Fighter, like the formula. Uh, but like, I, I just noticed like there's this there's this bar. They have this like this bar at the top. Uh, it's like this green bar, and it just seems like now like it just seems like Street Fighter games. They're trying to develop these Street Fighter games and just put on a different mechanic for the sake of putting on a different mechanic. Mm. Uh, so like that, I think they called it a drive bar or a rage bar, or something like that, where it's like. When you're, that green bar is used up, then you've got no stamina, basically. So, like, the characters can't, uh, you know, properly defend themselves or whatever. So you're wide open. It's like a, they, they, put, they basically put a risk-reward mechanic, basically, where you can, you can be aggressive and just use up that bar and just, you know, put the hammer on them, you know, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Or you can sort of, like, kind of, like, spread it out kind of thing. So, like, there's different strategies to using it. But I don't know, like, do you really need to, I don't know. Sounds I like, feel like fighting games have been perfected a long time ago now. Is how I sort of feel about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got to keep the kids excited with it for the new, the new, new, right? And uh, <laughs> right, I think that's yeah. one of those things where it's kind of like, it's kind of like I, I often talk about this w- with Fortnite, where you know they at, at times in the past they've added things that I didn't think made the game better, but instead were just something new for the sake of having something new. And I always prefer when they instead do the additions that actually do make the game better. Uh, such as, you know, adding sprint, uh, or, or whatever, which I think it does. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I assume whenever they're making one of those new games, they go like, okay, what can we do different on this one? People have different ideas. They prototype it, they test it, uh, and they arrived at the conclusion that this added something to the game. So, uh, you can, you can, you can take that or leave it, you know, trust the developers or not. I mean, the, the audience will, will make that call once, uh, once right. the game comes out, right? Right, exactly. I mean, like, I feel like Street Fighter 4 was, like, Street Fighter perfected. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I guess doing something new for the sake of doing something new, we'll see how that plan pans out. And, of course, uh, you know, there's always going to be a competitive scene. I think Street Fighter is just, you know, it's got its brand uh, loyalty at this point. Yeah. So, um, as for, just for me, though, just personally, I didn't catch, Street Fighter 5 didn't catch on. It barely was in my rotation. Uh, yeah, it didn't, it, didn't la- it didn't live long enough. It didn't have a good shelf life for me, personally. So, Fair enough. We'll see. 
Yeah, in regards to the showcase, the only stuff that really spoke to me is the Resident Evil stuff, but uh, I'm, I'm fairly excited about that. I, I really want to play that uh, that DLC uh, for RE Village, and uh, I know that eventually I'm going to want to play the, the other Resident Evil games, so uh, the fact that they've got this free upgrade to next gen, I think that's pretty cool, and then I, I can go and play them on my Series X or when I inevitably get a PS5, depending on how long it takes. Um, I mean, let's just be real, though. It- from a from from a showcase perspective, I think this could have been a tweet or oh, sorry a Twitter thread. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree definitely. Um, I I guess like I, I I go into these ones that are for like specific companies with very low, <laughs> very low expectations. <laughs> so the fact that I got like just the Resident Evil stuff alone, I was like, oh okay, cool. Uh, and like Monster Hunter and Street Fighter and and Exo Primal are not for me, but uh, I was like, okay, well you know that's there for the fans. Um, and yeah, I agree. Could have could have been a tweet. Uh, and Louis, I, I mentioned you know buying a PS5, and I, I just realized I didn't I didn't mention this here, but I I had actually signed up for the uh, the PlayStation Direct thing where they send you an email with the chance to uh, buy a PS5, right? Ah, uh-huh, nice. Uh, and I got the email, but I when I saw the email, it was too late. because <laughs> it was like I here's the thing, like they send you an email, and it's like, hey, you gotta go like on this link between this time and this time and you can buy one and when i saw it, it was already past that uh that time Aww. so it was like uh i don't i don't check my personal email that often you know i'm checking my work we email at work every day but i don't check my personal email i only do it like every few days or whatever and i and i totally missed it so i fucked up on that front but that's okay i'll probably have another chance in like a 2030 or something <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, I brought in an article here uh, from Polygon, Five Cool Games from the PC Gaming Show. Now, I didn't watch the show, and I didn't read this article either, <laughs> but uh, okay. I just figured out I'll give the shout-outs, and maybe we could watch some of these trailers together um, while I read it here, and, and I figured maybe people from home would uh, maybe want to check it out. Uh, so the first one is De- Demon School. Uh, Necrosoft Games Demon School looks to blend the tactics of games like Into the Breach, with JRPGs like Persona and Disgaea and a dash of Italian horror cinema. Coming to PC as well as Switch, PS4, PS5, and Xbox Series X in 2023, Demon School sends players to a very specialized university where freshman Faye, a demon hunter, and her friends will technically fight, occasionally flirt, and fend off a demonic apocalypse. So this, it's like a it's like an isometric looking uh, game with like it has like 3d environments but uh 2d sprites 2d like, sprites yeah. um i wonder if the game i'm trying to like understand this gameplay it's i wonder like this, if... it looks like 3d 2d you know that thing that like, yeah they did with like the uh, octopath traveler yeah like 2.5d 2. 2. i, I yeah. actually think this is like a trend now because i'm seeing a lot yeah. of games do that yeah these sprites they look at, at first glance they look like 2d but actually i just realized i think these are 3d they're just cell shaded to look like yeah, yeah, I think they are. But anyways, uh, it looks really cool. Like just graphically, like uh, from a what is a visual style. Like it's got this visual flair that just like very nice. It's got Super Nintendo looking graphics with like modern graphics in like three D freaking rotational freaking environments. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like it's. I like the color palette. Shit. It has like this very yeah. neon color palette. Uh, the next game here is the Invincible. Uh, when I visited with Poland's 11-bit studios in 2014, I was struck by the thoughtfulness and tenacity of its team. After repeated success with their own projects, including the critically acclaimed Frostpunk, I've heard of that one, the company has become an industrious publisher as well. Turns out they have impeccable taste. The Invisible is based 
on the beloved hard science fiction novel by Stanislaw Lem, published in 1964. The spacefaring mystery has a Buck Rogers look but a very modern vibe. The Steam listing pegs it for 2023. So this is like a first person uh, 3D game. Uh, it looks like you're playing as like a like an astronaut, like a space explorer. Which, by the way, lots of space this year. I think that's <laughs> that's one of the themes of uh, summer gaming this year: is space. Yeah, the 2000s were all about like military shooters, and the 2020s are gonna be all about space. Yeah, I'm scrubbing through it. It's like looks like there's a lot of exploration. The art is uh like it's very realistic. This is not as like stylized as like for instance the game we were looking at before, but uh, it looks top tier. In fact, it kind of looks like a like a triple A game in a just a production quality standpoint. Yeah. Um yeah, cool. Next one is uh Nivalis. When I first saw Cloudpunk, I knew that I wanted to live inside its neon colored futuristic landscapes or at least just hang out outside the cab every once in a while. Developer Ion Lands is going a big step further with Nivalis, a slice of life simulation that looks a lot more intimate. The description on Steam promises you'll be able to grow a business empire, make friends and enemies, customize your apartment, go fishing, and start a relationship. Okay, this is the best looking game in this list so far for me. Um, really? Yeah, okay. I think I think this is uh, really cool looking with the like. I mean, it does look like cyberpunk ass world, like a. Uh... What's that? What's that? Uh, like uh, Harrison Ford movie, Blade Runner. Yeah, it looks like. Blade yeah, Runner. it looks like we, what we wanted cyberpunk to look like, right? Um, yes, <laughs> but indie. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there, there are certain scenes when I was like the indoor scenes. I don't think it looks as good, but just like the the city landscape. Yeah. You know, and when he when the characters are walking on the streets and stuff, that's just man. It, it, yeah, yeah, it's it, like in, yeah indie cyberpunk. Yeah, that's definitely where it looks like. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, five hundred five games is involved with this. Cool. Okay, we got two more to uh, to talk about here. Next one is Rotwood. Clay Entertainment's next game is a cooperative multiplayer hack and slash roguelike dungeon crawler. Jesus, with a slick look. <laughs> How many genres is that? Cooperative multiplayer hack and slash roguelike dungeon crawler. That's like five keywords there. Um, from the developer behind Dawn Starve and Mark of the Ninja. Oh shit, there's some pedigree there. Uh, Rotwood just looks like a good time full of tight combat, crafting, and hearty challenges. Um, so yeah, very cartoony looking. Uh, it actually, uh, yeah, it does look like Dawn Star. <laughs> and at the end of the trailer, it puts uh, early access, and then it puts like 2022 with the question mark <laughs> for the last two. It like it turns into a question mark, so it could be 2023. That's so, hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it changes the number. It flips the two, turns into a question mark. It's like mm, 2020x. <laughs> it's like 20xx kind of thing going on. Yeah, I like the meta joke there. Uh, and finally, we got Tactical Breach Wizards. Uh, Tom Francis' latest suspicious development is called Tactical Breach uh, Wizards. While the game has been floating around for a while now, I didn't really understand how funny it was. If you'd like to stack up outside the door, flirt a little bit with your fire team, and then creatively take the piss out of the military-industrial complex, this game is right up your alley. Um, so this is basically like an XCOM, um, an XCOM-like. Yeah, I see it here. Uh, it looks, uh, it's got like these tactical, like Navy SEALs looking wizards or like freaking in a wizard hat and they got magic, but they also got machine guns. It's interesting. It's like a little mashup there going on there. Yeah. I think the ones that spoke to me a little bit more is like it's Demon School, Nivalis, and maybe Rotwood. Um, cool. I actually, Louis, I'm actually working on this thing and, you know, talking about spreadsheets again. Uh, I don't want to promise this, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Uh, I am going through and watching every single one of the conferences 
Oh my god. Uh, I have not watched PC Gaming Show yet, but I watched a bunch of them, uh, including the indie ones and stuff. And I am spreadsheeting every single game in every conference with the release date or window with which conference it was shown on and the order that it was shown on. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, like I just, I'm just numbering that. So like I go like through the Xbox and then I write out the oh games God. and like one, two, three, four, right? Do uh, your spreadsheets reference, reference each other like addendum C, addendum A or whatever, <laughs> like that kind of stuff? Where not they got, like, not like, quite yet. <laughs> they got to hyperlink to each other so uh, that you can like, like a Wikipedia article kind of thing. <laughs> so you can circle each other. I'm not at that level yet, but I should. Um, it's just all <laughs> it's all idea. just all together in like this big table, right? And then it's like I have the first column is the game name, and then I have a column for each showcase. So if a game is like in multiple showcases, it will just show different numbers on the different columns. It's like, oh, this was the first game in the Xbox, the seventh game on Summer Game Fast or whatever. Um, and I'm highlighting the ones that I'm interested in for, or, or either that I think are noteworthy or that I thought look cool. And, uh, I already have just in general over 200 games on the list. Jeez. Uh, just so you know, like how much just shit there is <laughs> or not. I don't mean that disparagingly, but just how much stuff <laughs> there is in this, in these conferences. I mean, uh, I watched, uh, the Gorilla Collective and that show had like 50 games. And it was all indie games, like 50 indie games. Now, do I care for them? There's like, well, there's maybe like five that interested me, but, you know, so I put them all in the spreadsheet and then I highlighted the ones that did. So um, my idea is that once I'm done watching everything, which at this point will be after my vacation, uh, and once I finish the spreadsheet, that we're going to make that a topic <laughs> for uh, <laughs> Ready Press Play. Uh, and I, I'm going to go through uh, all of the... Out of the highlights, basically. Maybe I'll share it with you, and you can highlight stuff as well. Um, you know, I need we need to do like a topic of the show where we find out which was the which company had their best E three of ever, like like mm. which which one was Nintendo's best ever to ever ever, and the same thing for PlayStation, the same thing for Xbox. I mean, you what should know their, that. You should know every company's year of dreams, basically. Yeah. Well, you're going through all the Nintendo directs with the hugger. I think you still have like one part there right left i think we got like two parts left to go okay yeah we're we're, we're, we're at 2017 <laughs> um so. and i think so far your favorite in that list has been the robot chicken one right yes yeah. yes that is one of the <laughs> you top. remember how that was yeah yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah it uh, was it was yeah that is so, that is one of the iconic ones for sure so we got to basically figure out which one was playstation's year of dreams and <laughs> we'll find out if xbox ever had a year of dreams but you know we'll have to do that too <laughs> you know what's know, funny is that. that like if you're not trying to be mean to xbox and you're actually like open-minded to like what their audience likes and what they do and stuff uh you can go back and you can find some like pretty kick-ass kick conferences in the xbox one generation what uh, but yeah listen to me i watched listen them all in real time to. but okay okay uh xbox during the xbox one generation xbox actually won a three like two or three times However, none of the games came out. That's my point. <laughs> That's my point. So, like, it's you can have a killer conference does not mean that the content lives up to it, right? Ah. Like, so, or it does not mean that the content comes out in time or that it comes out, like, and it's good or or that it comes out at all. So, I actually... got canceled, yeah. Yeah, like, I remember it was the scale-bound one. Like, 
Xbox had like this amazing like game to game, like perfect pacing, like awesome shit, like all over it. It's like we got like, you know, like a teaser for like a new Halo and there was like new gears and there was like Forza and Scalebound and and uh, Phantom Dust and Crackdown and like all these new projects. Fable. Fable <laughs> and like all this shit. Right. And we just never saw the full result of it. Right. So like uh, it never it never lived up to it later on in reality. But the conference itself was amazing. And I remember it was one of those things where, like, at the time, uh, people were excited about PlayStation 2, but there was a solid argument to be made, like, hey, like, Xbox had a killer conference this year. Uh, it's just, they just didn't deliver on it. You know, Phantom Dust, we never saw that. Then, you know, Scalebound got canceled. Fable got canceled. Yada, yada, yada. So, um, well, my, my point is, like, that might be a an interesting differentiation to make as well, like, conference versus result, right? Fair enough. We'll have to we'll we'll have to circle back to that. I feel like that's a, <laughs> if that's not a ready press play ass topic, then we'll do oh, it, I'll t- I'll tackle that in cog. That's that's a eighty hour topic right there. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna you're gonna spend twenty hours just on the Nintendo Directs. Just uh, do the math. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh, our final story here is just the NPD results. We got the results for the month of May. Uh, game sales have gone down a little bit year over year. Uh, Elden Ring has taken the top spot. Uh, the Switch led out platforms uh, and unit sales uh, and total dollar spent on hardware uh, nice. for the month. Uh, I saw this on a Twitter thread, but uh, you know Xbox uh, was uh, second place. And then year to date, Switch is leading in units sold, but Xbox is leading in money made. Um, you know, we can see that Xbox is doing better at getting these consoles on shelves and, and actually getting them so- sold as opposed to PS5, which is still really hard to find. Okay. Uh, onto the list of games. Uh, Elden Ring came back to number one, uh, and it traded places with Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga, which is now down to number two. Uh, then we got Nintendo Switch Sports, which had a, a slight jump. Evil Dead, the game, is the only new game released in May that made it to the top 20. Then we got... Damn. MLB The Show, Carby and the Forgotten Land, Call of Duty Vanguard, Mario Kart 8, Gran Turismo 7, and Pokemon Legends Arceus closed the top 10 with Minecraft, Horizon Forbidden West, Animal Crossing, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, FIFA 22, Mario Party Superstars, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim closing out the top 20. How many Call of Duties are, are in this? There's three There's three different yearly Call of Duty games in the top 20. <laughs> Jeez. 2019's, 2020's, and 2021's Call of Duty games are all in this list. That's crazy. Jeez. Good Good for them, I guess. I guess uh, <laughs> uh, Microsoft up, I guess. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Any, any just, uh, other thoughts, Louis? Nah, this, lim- this list seems kind of boring, though, I will say. Yeah. Uh, it's like uh, we've seen these names. We've seen. It's like we got. We got your, of course, your 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 steadfast ones like you know Mario Kart and and uh, uh, Smash Ultimate and stuff like that. You got your 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 also rans, but then you got the what's holding what's what's currently popular popular and trending is Elden Ring. It still has all the oxygen in the room. So yeah, yeah of course it's got the it's got the throne. Uh, but as far as uh, what I'm not seeing here, like GTA Five isn't on the top twenty. That's oh yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, Minecraft maybe, and yeah, Minecraft's out in there, so yeah, okay. Yeah, Skyrim yeah. is in there as well. Maybe maybe it's finally time for GTA six, huh? Maybe, <laughs> there um, we go. Maybe we're ready for GTA six now. Um all right. Uh moving on to the extra news, we got a short batch today compared to uh recent weeks. Number one, after the announcement that Hideo Kojima was working on a new Xbox game, 
the studio has moved on to reassure PlayStation players that it is still working with Sony. They did that via tweet, I believe. Okay. Number two. Persona 5 Royal, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 3 Portable are out coming to PS5 and Steam in addition to Xbox Atlas confirmed on Monday. Number three. Viking survival game Valheim is coming to Game Pass, available on PC this fall and coming to Xbox One and Series X in early spring of next year. Number four, Stalker 2 developer GSC Game World confirmed that the horror simulation FPS is now expected sometime in 2023 due to the team being impacted by the war in Ukraine. This was actually very interesting. This was included as part of the extended showcase. It was like the final part of it. And the folks from the studio made a video talking about how they've been impacted by the war. And they literally show how, like, some of their employees are out there, like, fighting the war. Like, they had, like, like, photos of them, like, with guns and stuff, like, going out to fight for Ukraine. And that's why they're delaying the game. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's like, fucked up. I I, I sort of laughed. I didn't mean to uh, make, make fun of it or anything like that. It's more so, like, that's the world we live in in 2022 where these developers had to take time away from working on their game to suit up and go to war, you know? And I, I just think that's an insane thing to think about. It's, uh, it's almost comical in the, in the, in the, uh, what is, what's the word? The it's like in the sad way, right? Like hype, it's comical no, like, in a depressing it, way. No, no, no. I was, I was going to, I was going to say in like the unbelievable way, like in the, yeah. like, this is reality. Like, Oh, hyperbolic is the word I'm, I'm thinking of, but it's not the word. I, that's yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Uh, number five, after Starfield, which is coming to Xbox Series and PC next year, and after The Elder Scrolls Six, which is now in, in quotes, pre-production, uh, there will be a Fallout 5, according to Todd Howard in an interview. Uh, well, so no get doubt. excited. Fallout 5, 20 years from now. Um, <laughs> number six, Assassin's Creed Valhalla will get another year of free post-release content, which includes a new game mode, the roguelite-inspired Forgotten Saga, which sends Ivor straight to hell repeatedly. Number seven, uh, and now there's a bunch of Netflix news here to wrap us up. Uh, Netflix revealed the latest trailer for the Cuphead show season two on Friday during its Geeked Week uh, presentation. Geeked Week presentation coming on August 19th. Number eight, Dragon Age is coming to Netflix via Dragon Age Absolution, a six-episode animated series, which will debut in December. Number nine, Netflix reviews first look at new Castlevania series starring Richter Belmont. It's called Castlevania Nocturne. And number 10, Netflix announces a game based on the Queen's Gambit, which is based on the board game of chess. (laughs) Yes. Wow. Yeah. Louis, I, I feel like I interrupted you there. You, you were trying to say something on number seven, I think. No, I was just saying that that's fast. I feel like didn't they it feel like it feels like season one of the Cuphead show just debuted. Like it's on my to do list. Yeah. You know I mean? Like I feel like I just IGN just reviewed it like not too long ago. I wonder if they just made the two seasons together and then just kind of released them like a few months apart or something. Um, yeah. I don't know. But good for them. Either Either the Cuphead show was so successful that they're able to turn it out really fast because by the way they're shorts they're not full mm-hmm. on like uh, episodes in case you didn't know either that was so successful they were turned it out or this was already in production and it was like a multi-season deal and they were just working on it already you know simultaneously or whatever or back to back but i will say this dan i'm a little disappointed that persona 5 uh, okay first off i'm just dis- i'm disappointed that persona 3 and persona 4 aren't coming to the switch i can mm. let persona 5 not come to the switch given that it's it was originally intended to make, be made on PS4 hardware. We can, they can, they can like cry. Oh, system limitations. The, the Switch isn't up to it. I'll believe them. But Persona Three and Persona Four were like PS2 were PS2 ass games. 
uh, Persona 4 Golden was a people was a Vita game. Yeah, you know what I mean, like you can make those games run on the Switch easily, and hmm. I, I I feel like uh, the Switch uh, crowd is being slighted here yeah. on this one. Uh, maybe they just don't like you, Lewis. I don't know what, <laughs> what else to tell. Uh, no, I don't know. I mean, um, this um, people have wanted the Persona games on Xbox for a really long time, and we finally got it. Maybe um, maybe the Switch is coming too in the future, uh, or maybe they're just uh, you know maybe they only went out of their way to do this before be- because as we uh, suggested, Phil Spencer cut them a. A check, check. <laughs> uh, and uh, I don't. Maybe Nintendo. Nintendo doesn't come across like the kind of company that would do that. So um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe the, we'll see the, it one day. Because like I feel like there was like this deal where like PlayStation had like the mainline exclusivity, and then the PC was like, okay, fine, yeah, you can have the PC and stuff like that. Like that's where I, I felt like the only way like Nintendo and like ever got like anything Persona was the spinoff games like persona q kind of stuff like that kind of like yeah that's the only time you ever like anything else that's not mainline is you know spinoffs can go to other, other hardware and that's why i'm like surprised you know like uh that this even happened so yeah yeah makes sense well lewis i don't have anything else to say about these stories uh we've yeah, been running I. for a while so i'm gonna give the show over to you all right All right. It is out this week. We talk about what's coming out this week. So we always start things off with the Epic Game Store. So for this week, we have something called Supra Land as the free game of the week. It is, says here, a mix between Portal, Zelda, and Metroid. Explore, solve puzzles, beat up monsters, find secret upgrades, and new abilities that help you reach new pl- places. Playtime is between 12 to 25 hours. Well, good job on your description for putting the playtime on there. That's that's interesting. I've never Dude, seen that happen. I want to talk about this description for a second because I'm not necessarily against it, but have you ever seen a description like this where no, they're I've... specifically <laughs> referencing three other games? Uh, yeah, three other name uh, game franchises and stuff like that. Like Nintendo must have, uh, Nintendo and and Steam must have got a check uh, <laughs> using their their brands and what is it licenses? Or, I I just I mean don't know. Uh, you're generally okay. So the, 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 this is a general uh, game dev advice, by the way. Right. That uh, for for people that are trying to uh, to pitch their game or whatever, they're typically advised not to use uh, any other company's games. Uh, because you run the risk of the person you're talking to not knowing those games, and instead you should focus on descriptive words, genres, and stuff like that about your game. Uh, either that, or you also run the risk of, you know, that person you're talking to, maybe they don't like Portal, right? And, uh, and yeah. you're throwing that in there and stuff. So uh, it kind of makes sense in this case, like they're using like three universally beloved franchises for the most part. Uh, but it's still weird that he would do this i don't know it's just very uncommon and then it's also uncommon to include the playtime on your uh, on your description <laughs> i don't know very uh, yeah. very unusual description very unusual description we've been doing this for three years now wait we're two and a half years now yeah <laughs> so yeah uh, also uh, when i see these screenshots by the way nothing against the game like it doesn't look bad but i i don't i don't see portal nor zelda nor metroid on this by the screenshots i mean on the gameplay i saw i saw uh uh portal but also mm-hmm. look at the the trailer. The trailer starts off with Fortnite's map, as well as the 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 square kilometer, <laughs> like five point five kilometer square Fortnite. 
Skyrim, 37 kilometers. And then like a GTA 530. Superland, nine meters square. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> okay, this is really... I think maybe this is more like... Uh, this is supposed to be more tongue-in-cheek than we're uh, giving it credit for. Like, yeah. Maybe this is just like a like a, a game that's trying to break the fourth wall and just be funny and, and goofy. I and can't stuff. believe they put the full on like maps of the uh, of the other games in their trailer. By the way, like they straight up. I had, know. Uh, also, and- let's just say they should have said Minecraft because this looks a lot more like Minecraft than it does like a lot of these other games to me. <laughs> uh. Yeah, but it's obviously like it's a miniature world. I can see you can see like a child playing with the toy or whatever. So yeah. that's why it's that nine meter square. But yeah, it's kind of funny um interesting interesting i would say but um, yeah i mean they got us so they got a stocky <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly play this game download for free this week on on the epic game store um we don't know what next week's uh, game is because we're we're recording this a day early so uh that's our bad but you know what download it anyways uh next up we have sony's new playstation plus live oh, wait oh sony's new playstation plus is live right now in north america yeah get it uh, I'm pretty sure, like, I was grandfathered in because I think they did this thing where, like, if you're already a PS Plus member, you get the P- PlayStation Premium about automatically. That's why they stopped you from st- stacking them. Uh, that's why they disabled it ahead of the launch. Uh, next up, it says, as part of a growing catalog of game offerings, Netflix announced the addition of uh, Point P. Uh, okay, let's go with that. A colorful climbing game with an adorable 2D art style. The game was created by Ojiro Fumoto, the, the maker of Downwell, and is available to Netflix subscribers at no additional cost on mobile devices as of last Friday. That must be one of those like stealth jobs for Netflix's uh, summer yes. game thing. Yeah, I realized yeah. that would probably have fit better just within the other Netflix <laughs> news, but uh, I saw that random thing before I had added the other stuff, so... As far as uh, well, the releases here, we're going to actually be covering two weeks of releases from June 17th to June 30th because next week we're doing a spoiler cast, so we're not doing the roundup. Uh, so for what's coming out, we got Fall Guys for PS5, Xbox Series, Xbox One, and Switch on June 21st. Uh, Shadow Run Trilogy, PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, also the 21st. And then Wreckfest on Switch on the same day. Now, June 23rd, we got Deliver, Deliver Us the Moon for PS5 and Xbox Series. Uh, we have Naraka Blade Point for Xbox Series. It says Naraka Blade Point is an up to 60 player PvP mythical action combat experience with martial arts inspired melee combat, gravity defying mobility, vast arsenals of melee, and ranged weapons. Legendary customizable heroes with epic abilities inspired by the legends of the Far East. Elevate your playstyle in a constantly evolving multiplayer battle featuring 1v1 duels, arena brawls, and up to 60 players with unique sky dragon and resurrection mechanics. That's a lot of game, but okay. All right, next up, we got Sonic Origins coming out on X- on PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, and that's the 23rd. It is says here, relive the classic collected adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Sonic 3 and Knuckles, and Sonic CD in the newly remastered Sonic Origins. From the iconic Green Hill Zone to the treacherous Death Egg Robot, you'll speed down memory lane to thwart the sinister plans of Dr. Robotnik in a polished high definition in polished high definition this latest version includes new areas to explore additional animations and a brand new anniversary mode so i just want to say those bastards 
uh, Sonic 3's soundtrack was changed or altered for this release because apparently it has some licensing issues. So those bastards. <laughs> All right. Um, Capcom Fighting Collection came, is going to come out on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC for um, on June 24th. Surprisingly, there's not coming out to next gen or this gen or whatever. Interesting. Um, Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes comes out on the Switch. Completely snuck up on me. Uh, June 24th. Join Fire Emblem Three Houses characters in an epic real-time battles across uh, Fodland. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, I think it says Fodland or something there like go. that. There you go. There, there goes your Gaelic. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> accent. There you go. Uh, step into the shoes of Shez as they uh, join uh, Ed. Good luck, uh, Ed- Edgelgard, <laughs> Dimitri, Claude, and other Fire Emblem trademark three house of characters and fight for the future of Fodlan. Align with the leader to build and command an army in a strategic one versus one thousand style battles. The house you choose will bring you through one of three compelling stories with each with different outcomes. Madison comes out on PS5, Xbox Series, P- PS4, Switch, and PC. Interesting. Not on the Xbox One on this one. Okay. Unless it was already on the P- Xbox One. Comes out on, on June 24th. It says, what would you do if you woke up locked in a dark room with your hands covered in blood? Play as Luca and endure the brute torture of Madison, a demon that has forced him that has forced him to continue a gory ritual started decades ago, making him commit abominable acts. Will you be able to finish this sinister ceremony? Interesting. Not never heard of this game. This uh, description, this uh, blurb, makes me not want to play it. But you know, whatever. <laughs> so uh, I saw a trailer. I added a blurb for that one because I saw a trailer for it on uh, one of the uh, one of the shows that I watched. Um, it might have been like the one of the indie shows or whatever. Um, but this looks like a pretty dope, scary as hell um, first person horror game. Uh, it. It, it has this like camera mechanic where uh, it kind of reminds me, I think it's Outlast where you carry like a video camera, but mm-hmm. this one you have like a photo, a photo camera instead. I'm sure they've done that before as well. Maybe uh, like Silent Hill frame. or something. Fatal Frame. There we go. So it's kind of like a Fatal Frame style, like horror game. Uh, it looks very good, like graphically and stuff. Um, and it just seems to, uh, it seems to be one of those possible uh, cult hits uh, that's coming out in the, in the I, next few weeks. So I wanted to give it a shout I just enjoy, or I just kind of laugh at the fact that the name of the publisher is Perp Games. So <laughs> either they're the perpetrator or they're just a perp. I don't know. Uh, but whatever. Anyways, Disgaea 6 Complete comes out on PS5, PS4, and PC on June 28th. Actually, it looks like almost the rest of these games are on June 28th. Uh, uh, DNF Duel, PS5, PS4, PC. Escape Academy, PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. F1 2022, uh, um, PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, PC, Phobia St. Dinf, uh, Dinfna Hotel, PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, and PC, and MX versus ATV Legends, PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And the last two games are June 30th. Monster Hunt, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak for Switch and PC, and Outriders World Slayer for PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, PC, and a, a name that we haven't said in a long time, Stadia. <laughs> so yeah. there we go. I get emails from Google Stadia like every week because I think I signed up for like a free account at some point. Uh, 
and I just delete them all. Uh, at one point, I gotta like m- make it go to my junk folder appropriately. Or just or unsubscribe. Why don't you just click the unsubscribe button at the bottom of the email? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I should probably uh, just do that. But yeah, so that's um, quite the long ass list. So Dan, pick of the week. You know, it's a long list, but it's not a lot of us games actually. Um, true. I just, you know, I I wanted to highlight the things that I thought were uh, were worth highlighting. Uh, obviously, we got. Some DLC here from Monster Hunter and Outriders as well, and some ports. Um, I I think uh, Sonic Origins is probably one that you know would be fun to uh, jump in. I think Fall Guys uh, becoming free to play and coming to these new platforms. I think that would be a fun one to uh, jump back into as well. And I'm intrigued by Madison, uh, but I don't know if I'm actually going to play it. Um, I love Fire Emblem Three Houses, but I don't care about Dynasty Warriors games, so I don't think I'm actually <laughs> going to play that. So yeah, I'm I'm sort of leaning like you know Fall Guy, Sonic, or or Madison just doesn't like out there pick. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and give the pick of the week to uh, a game that we didn't write a blurb for, which I don't know how often that happens. If it's I feel like that's happened at least once, but it's got to be rare where we don't do a blurb. But Capcom Fighting Collection, that's uh, it's gonna there we go. be one of those situations where it's like good for game preservations because. These are like a lot of like the older, like uh, more niche arcade fighters and stuff like that. And now they're getting like, you know, they're getting the, the anniversary treatment. They're getting online. They're getting like, you know, what was it? Presumably like good, like was it artwork and history museum, stuff like that. Good features and stuff like that, that people like in these collections. And also Capcom tends to be really good at, at giving us those behind the scenes, like bonus stuff. So yeah, why not? All right. Uh, now, Louis, let's uh, let's move on to the next segment then. All right. It is the Ready Press Play list of best games of all time. Each week, we take turns adding one game to the list, and we got some special rules that don't that don't apply to us this week. So I'm gonna go ahead and um, read off the list here really quickly. Top five: Last of Us, Ocarina of Time, Tetris. Mario Galaxy and Street Fighter 2. Rounding out the top 10, we got Smash Ultimate, God of War, Celeste, Fortnite, and Uncharted 2. And in the top 15, we got Shovel Knight, Spider-Man 2018, Journey, Bioshock, and Heart Gold and Soul Silver. And rounding out the list, we have Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Metal Gear Solid, Three Houses, Super Meat Boy, It Takes Two, and Mario Power Tennis. Dan, it's your turn. Actually, no, wait, take that back. It's both of our turns this week because of what we're doing next week's next week's show. But since it is technically your turn first, I should start. You should start. Yeah. Um. All right. So I'm gonna go simple on this one. I'm gonna add a game uh, that I think is uh, exceptional and belongs on the list uh, that hasn't been added yet. I feel strong more strongly about this game than you do. Uh. But I think you you're gonna agree with it and the fact that uh. I'm, I, I was I was kind of thinking about like do I, do I bring in the first entry in the series or the second entry in the series uh, but I I leaned towards bringing in the first entry in the series for a few reasons Uh-oh. uh oh and uh, that game is portal um, hmm. so kind of kind of disagree with you on that one I feel like you got it wrong but go ahead so here's the thing I having played both I think portal 2 is the better game. What? Oh my god. No, you are gotta be in the minority opinion on that one. That Portal 2 is the better game? 
Everybody but, thinks yeah. Portal 2 oh, is no, the better no, game. Oh, no, okay. no, okay. Yeah. Okay, so... Okay. Uh, I misheard what? you. I thought you what? said okay. Portal 1 was the better game. I thought, I thought that's what you no, said. No, no, no. So, okay, okay. so let, let's, let's restart. So I am okay. adding Portal 1 to the list. I think right. Portal 2 is the better game. There we go. But that doesn't mean that they both don't deserve to be in the list, in my opinion. And because they both deserve to be in the list, in my opinion, I would like to bring in Portal 1 first because oh, I think it is more... Uh, iconic. It is what put the franchise on the map. It is more approachable. It is more accessible. It is shorter. And it is the game that you're going to go play first anyway. So when I think about this list, it's like, you know, somebody just woke up today. They've been, uh, you know, cryo frozen for the last 50 years. (laughs) And we want to go and tell them like, hey, like, here's what you should go play so that you know what video games are. I'm not going to tell them to go play Portal 2. I'm going to tell them to go play Portal 1. And then if they like it, there's more of it on Portal 2, right? Um, okay so that's kind of my my reasoning of so why you're gonna I wait bring... until until we get to the top 30 before you're like okay portal two time yeah maybe at some uh, point maybe like when we're at like you know because because we have the 20 you know every 20 games list every 10 so... i think it's every 10 N- uh nope you're wrong you're wrong is because it every we... 20 yeah because like when we when i edit it takes two that's when we talked oh. about how like from that point on we could repeat the franchises so we gotta so. get to top 40 oh okay yes mind. okay yeah. i keep thinking there was like oh we gotta wait for the top 10 to, to close okay, <laughs> so that's like we gotta we gotta write these rules down and be like all right every five <laughs> we can do this every 10 we can do that every 20 we do this right uh, or- <laughs> but yeah yeah we got a lot of unwritten rules on this one absolutely um so uh, I I don't know Lewis I kind of like I mean I really love this game uh, you played it recently that's the other thing too you have not played Portal two so but you played Portal one so that's part of why I wanted to bring it as, in as well um uh, my heart wants to put it in the top ten but I uh, it doesn't no as as someone who played uh, Portal one it huh where would I put it. Well, okay. Ooh. Let me ask you this. <laughs> I don't me, know. Like, I can't. I was. I was. My 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 first, my first reaction was like top fifteen, but then I'm looking at the top fifteen and I'm like, hmm. Let, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Uh, we played. Uh, we both played Bioshock like a few years ago, right? Okay. Um, and and that's also like a classic game from around the same time as Portal. Mm-hmm. That uh that that we we played kind of late. Uh, is Portal better than Bioshock? Yes. You, know, you feel pretty confident about that. I would put it at number four. Uh, I would put it at number fourteen. Okay. What about you? What were you thinking? That's what I was. That's what I was gonna suggest as well. Oh, okay. Um, between Journey and, but I mean, I consider. I like, I like how thirteen, fourteen, or fifteen are all contemporaries of each other. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I considered um, pushing for a top ten spot, maybe uh, under Fortnite. Um, but I think that uh, I think that it's good here. If you, I would have given you top ten, like I would give you number ten if it were Portal Two. Okay. Okay. I would have done. But then, that. but you haven't even played it, right? So maybe you'd hate it. Imagine, <laughs> imagine that you had not played The Last of Us Part Two, right? And we were having this discussion. You're like, well, you know, if you picked The Last of Us Part Two, I would have given you top ten, but you haven't even played it. Um, okay. So I'm okay with this. Uh, I'm gonna I'm put vaguely- in. I'm vaguely familiar enough with Portal 2 as far as, like, you know, I've seen gameplay of it. I know that they went balls to the wall, right, mm-hmm. uh, with, with mechanics. So, yeah, I'd have given it to them. All right. And now um, that we've added this here, before we read the list again, what do yes. you want to do? What do you want right. to add? So, we had the rule about we got to wait 20 uh, entries before we can start repeating franchises. 
So now I get to repeat a franchise first, which is something that Dan brought to the list first. Uh, so I okay. get to bring bring in one of Dan's franchises, and I'm Mario. gonna bring in yes, <laughs> I'm gonna bring in Mario, and okay. I'm gonna bring in probably. Let me think here. I'm gonna. I'm just thinking it out loud before I. Yes, I'm gonna go out and say it's pretty much like an open and shut case. There should be almost no debate, no argument that it is the best 2D Mario to every 2D Mario. Mm, okay. Yes. And I was thinking about it. Uh, we're gonna be doing a topic on Cogs later in like in a few weeks about our backlog. And I was noticing something like my backlog has all the 3D Mario's. So like I haven't played uh, Galaxy or the one or two. I haven't played Sunshine. I haven't played 64, but I have played every single 2D Mario, including the shitty new, uh, new Super Mario Brothers games. Uh, <laughs> like you know, so I've played them right, mm -hmm. and that's the reason why is because 2D is kind of where it's at. And I gotta say, the best one to ever done it, and the best to ever done, is got to be Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo. I agree. Thank you for and... making the correct choice. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's an iconic game, and it's kind of crazy how, like, the, a, a literal launch title for, like, the system was, like, you almost have to sort of, like, just hang up the hat and be like, okay, I can't top myself. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of crazy yeah. how you, the best game of the entire generation comes out on day one. And, like, Nintendo just knocks it out of the park, like, right out the gate. And it's so, it holds, it's, it holds up. You can still play it. You can get it on Super, Super Nintendo Classic and just put it up on your, with your HDMI cable and stuff. And, and it captures, like, kids' attention, the kids of these days. It, it gets them playing, you know? So, yeah, I think that it's just a timeless game. And yeah. uh, all the secrets and, you know, Yoshi and, yeah, the, the, the good, it's, you know, good boss fights and stuff like that. It's just, yeah gameplay perfected in my opinion and uh yeah it's gonna be hard it's gonna be hard for like 2d games like that ever came out afterward to like to live up to that kind of legacy you know games like celeste sort of you know carry the torch and stuff like that but where it started was definitely super mario world definitely worthy of top 10 placement maybe okay. possibly top five i agree i agree with the least top 10 possibly top five uh i'm a big fan of super mario world so you got me in my heart there that is like that is my favorite video game from when I was like under 10, <laughs> you know, uh, when I was under 10, I don't think there's any game I played uh, that I liked more than that game then. And uh, it's very special. It is the best one, in my opinion. Uh, I, th I, I know people really like Mario 3, and I think Mario 1 was influential for its time, but I think Mario World is just the perfect formula. Uh, of everything you know the yes. secrets there's so many secrets in that game so where when you go and you play other mario games after it it's almost like a disappointment <laughs> when there isn't <laughs> when there isn't yeah. as many secrets right yeah um uh, so you... soundtrack is a1 by the way i forgot yes. to mention that super iconic uh the cape is yes. one of the best power-ups in my to opinion ever power up <laughs> uh you know people love tanuki mario and tanuki mario is great i love him too but i think the cape is like above it in my in my <laughs> non-existing rank ranking of mario powers <laughs> uh i should rank that now i should a new idea for a spreadsheet you know what uh, dan i'm 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 uh i'm gassing myself up i'm okay. gonna be ballsy okay number four mm. okay so right above super mario galaxy there which i know you don't think belongs there that's fine <laughs> Uh, which is going to be fucked up because I'm bumping out Street Fighter 2, which is like a godsend. I'm going to have to correct that sometime soon. But, uh, Lewis. Yeah. Lewis. Okay. I'm going to be more ballsy. Okay. okay. 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a proposition. All right. All right. What if Super Mario World is the best game of all time? Oh, in our list. You know what? I I I I can handshake to that. I can do that. I can because I I can. I think we've had we had the Last of Us, you know, get that spot for a little too long for now. (laughs) And and you know, you did just recently replay it and talk about how you know. uh, it's uh, it's not as good as you remembered it or whatever. I, I, I still think The Last of Us is is uh, is an, an incredible game, and and so do you. I mean, we both do. But yeah, I mean, I still I, I still think it's good. It's just not as good as I thought. You know, like yeah. Super yeah. Mario World is kind of like touching me and in, uh, in my heart a little bit. I'm like, <laughs> I actually think Super Mario World is like we can probably not come up with any better candidate for a number one spot right now. Fair enough. Than, uh, than Super Mario World. So if anybody's going to take that away from The Last of Us, I think it has to be this game. Damn. All right. You know what? <laughs> I will I will accept it. Uh, right. Especially, yeah. Especially after degassing it up this much. And, uh, and not to mention, I would say Super Mario World is just game design. It's going to kind of outclass The Last of Us. Again, no, they're not really, like, comparable. But, like, timelessness, like... Like 20 years from now, no one's going to care about the graphics being subpar. You know what I'm like? You know, Last of Us graphics will age. Super Mario World will not. So, yeah. So, awesome. I actually think, uh, I don't know. I feel like that adds adds a nice nice feel to the list to uh, to have (laughs) something different up there. Although, the one problem now is that uh, my picks, you know, like my name is getting pushed out of the the top five. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta do, uh, I gotta start planning my next, uh, swap you know move. What? There. When, I, when I do a swap move, I'm going to count, I'm going to take like four of the top five. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what? Something I could do actually, because the, one of the crazy things about our list is that I'm the one that brought, that brought in smash ultimate and not you, which, uh, which means that I could, uh, possibly, you know, do a swap and bring smash ultimate up to, uh. To the top five back and that would yeah be, and i will and i won't fight you on it. and you won't fight me exactly <laughs> you know it's no i don't you know i think i was gonna get around to it you know what i mean like i had like i keep games in my back pocket kind of thing you know so i knew mm-hmm. i that one was gonna be up there at some point it's just i wanted to run through certain franchises first at the time when we brought it in but yes either way this the more the more we bring add to the list every week the more it's just like damn uh yeah it's good Yep. Uh, all right. So let me. Uh, I'm gonna take the show back from you. Help take the helm of the show back. All right. Um, and I'm gonna read the final list here, and then we're gonna move on. Uh, so number one, Super Mario World, or new number one. Number two, The Last of Us. Number three, Ocarina of Time. Number four, Tetris, and number five, Super Mario Galaxy. Number six, Street Fighter Two. Number seven, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Number eight, God of War. Number nine, Celeste, and number ten, Fortnite Battle Royale. <laughs> now being the holder of the of the the top guys. I called it. I did you it. You called it. I number did it, yeah. number eleven, Uncharted Two: Among Thieves. Uh, number twelve, Shovel Knight. Number thirteen, Marvel Spider Man. Number fourteen, Journey. Number fifteen, Portal. Number sixteen, Bioshock. Seventeen, Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Eighteen, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. Nineteen, Metal Gear Solid. And twenty, Fire Emblem Three Houses. 21, Super Meat Boy, 22, It Takes Two, and 23, Mario Power Tennis. Louis, I think starting uh, next week or the next episode that we do, we should no longer read the full list in the beginning. We should only do it at the end. Okay. Uh, because it's starting, to, uh, 
to be a mouthful. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's why I always just do abbreviated and be like heart, gold, soul, silver. And they're like, I should start, start saying MGS or whatever. Like, you know, like this, you guys know it. Uh, but yeah, no, it's definitely, I can't wait to get to the point where instead of it being the top 10, where it's like holding the line, where if we start holding the line at top 20. That's true. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen. Uh, Lewis talking about Super Mario World. Why don't you play our next, uh, sound effect? <laughs> nice. You know, I said that, but I don't know if this one is Mario World. It's uh, uh it's Mario Bros. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, that's right. Because we had a Super Mario, we had a dun 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 dun. Yeah, yeah, dun, that's dun. right. Yeah, that, that was, was Super Mario World. We uh, maybe we, we gotta change it. it back or something. Um, yeah. so so Lewis, we always end our shows leaving a recommendation to our uh audience for something to uh listen to, watch, or, you know, a TV show, a game to play, or something like that. Uh, so what's your recommendation for today? Oh, this uh, this uh, week in theaters is Lightyear, which is the Chris Evans taking on the role of Buzz Lightyear for, for the Pixar. It's Pixar's first movie in theaters, actually, in a long time, because I don't know if you know this, really? but like ever since uh, COVID happened and, you know, uh, uh, Disney has made the stupidest decision of business decisions of putting all of the Pixar movies straight to Disney Plus. So uh, um, Luca... And uh, Turning Red and uh, Soul were all straight Disney Plus day one, not in theaters. So uh, this is the time for, 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 for Pixar to get back on the map from a money-making perspective. So yeah, I want to check it out. I'm going to take my nephews uh, to go see this movie in theaters this weekend. Okay, awesome. Uh, I haven't been to the theaters much uh, over the last year, but I've, I've been kind of missing it. I should probably uh, try to find a reason to, uh, to go and do that again. Uh, I'm trying to think. I didn't prepare very well for the recommendations today, but you know what? I'm going to do a bit of a cop-out, and I'm going to say, go play Tractoyomi. <laughs> because that is uh, that is the game that we're going to be there releasing a spoiler That's cast for audience right next there. week. Yeah. Uh, it's only, you know, a few hours long. Like, I mean, how long to beat has it at five hours uh, for just kind of playing the, the main story, so you can go and check it out and then listen to our spoiler cast next week of course we're going to do the typical format where we review it first without spoilers and then we get into spoilers so if even if you don't play it you can maybe listen to that first part if you're interested uh if not then that's fine um well i've spoken long enough it is time to end thank you so much for joining us for another episode of ready press play don't forget to subscribe give us a nice review and tell your friends about the show you can find the podcast at ready press play on twitter i'm on twitter at power up dan and lewis at chakalaka 88 that's right see you next time Bye-bye. Peace.